0: Attention, please. The Disneyland Limited, now arriving from a trip around Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom. Daddy, folks, please keep your hands and arms inside the train and remain seated at all times. Now, then, hang on to them hats and glasses, because this here's the wildest ride in the world. Welcome. Hey everybody, all my Disney parents and Disney fans and Disney geeks like me. This is Candace Lynn right here, owner of MyFirstMagicalVacation.com. Welcome to the podcast. We are on episode four, money-saving tips. Bringing snacks into Disneyland or Walt Disney World. Today we're going to be focusing on how to save money by bringing snacks into the parks. Uh, what snacks are actually allowed in the parks? what snacks you should bring for your little ones based on uh, the snacks that my boys enjoyed when they were on their first Disney vacations. Again, welcome. Episode number four, money-saving tips. All right, let's start out with some Disney news. Let's start out with some things that are trending in the world of Disney, the things that people are most excited about and talking about this week and this morning, actually I think it kind of came out uh, yesterday, but this morning we got the first official announcement from Disney. We've been hearing rumors and we, we've we been seeing little insider shots <clears throat> and photography of what I'm going to tell you, <laughs> uh, but we got the official word this morning that the Frozen Ever After attraction and the Royal S- Summer has <laughs> to open, uh, it's going to open on June 21st at Epcot. So, what do we got here? We got two new Frozen experiences. The Frozen Ever After attraction and the adjacent Royal Summerhouse. They officially open on June 21st. So, if you're headed out to Walt Disney World this summer, be sure, and you've got little ones who are really into Frozen, be sure to check this out because this is going to be very cool. So, we've got uh, the Frozen Ever After ride, which is located in the Norway Pavilion at Epcot. Uh, you are going to set off on an adventurous boat tour through the Kingdom of Arendelle. First, you'll be transported to the Winter in Summer celebration, where Queen Elsa embraces her magical powers to create a beautiful winter in summer day for the entire kingdom. Next, you will pass through Troll Valley on your way up to the icy North Mountain to Queen Elsa's Ice Palace before you return to the Bay of Arendelle. Remember, you can now book fast passes for Frozen Ever After. And you'll probably want to do that because I have a feeling the line is going to be insanely long. Um, So, (coughs) excuse me, that's definitely something that the kids are going to love. Another very exciting addition to the theme parks out at Walt Disney World this summer is happening over at Animal Kingdom. I am super excited about these, even though I'm not gonna be able to get out there to see it for quite a while, but this is going to be amazing. Let me just tell you that the Tree of Life was always, and has always been, one of my all-time favorite kind of key features and key, you know, focal points out of any of the parks. I love, you know, the Castle of Magic Kingdom, uh, I spent many years at Epcot, so that one will always be home for me. But there's just something about the tree of life at Animal Kingdom that just, I don't know. I don't even know what it is. I can't even explain it. But the detail in that tree is remarkable. I mean, you can literally go there and spend hours just sitting there and just looking at one one side of the tree. And then, you know, spend another couple hours on, on the other side of the tree. It is it's amazing. This tree is remarkable. If you've never been, if, you, if you've if never had the time, and I know it's hard with little ones, and maybe, you know, while they're taking their naps in the strollers or whatever, if, if you want to just kind of sit down, and you can people watch too, but if you want to really, um, I mean, experience Disney, just imagineering and amazingness, <laughs> just sit there at the tree and just take it all in because it's truly remarkable. So, so... I digress. This is what I'm excited about um, with all the new stuff that's coming to Walt Disney World. This our, our summer awakening. Um, this is going to be amazing. So what we've got is um, the Tree of Life will be awakening every night beginning on May 27th. Uh, Animal spirits will be brought to life each night by magical fireflies that reveal colorful stories of wonder and enchantment, along with other amazing sights at the tree. Um, So starting on Memorial Day weekend, the tree will awaken in the evenings, and I've posted a couple YouTube videos, there's already some videos out um, that uh, show exactly what this Tree of Life Awakening looks like in the evening. So if you haven't been over to our Facebook page, um, it's actually uh, First Disney Vacations on Facebook. Just go ahead and search for that. Or come through the website, myfirstmagicalvacation.com, and you'll find um, a link to our Facebook page. But go ahead and jump on our Facebook page. I've posted videos of this Tree of Life Awakening in the past, but I'll pop some more up there when this podcast goes live because... This, this is going to be amazing. Another aspect of uh, Animal Kingdom that is, was buzzing for a while because it was supposed to actually um, open on Earth Day, which was April, April 22nd, but um, it, it, for whatever reason, it didn't happen then. And so the buzz kind of died down about it. But uh, in the last Disney travel email we got, I just want to share with you what it says real quick. Um, It says, we wanted to share a quick update that development work continues on our future night show, Rivers of Light. This show will depict an ancient lantern festival guided by two storytellers who call forth four animal spirit guides. The spirit guides return at different points during the show to lead the audience on a journey through the rivers of light. Um, So basically, what we're hearing from Disney is that they're still working on it. And I tell you what, I'll tell you why they're still working on it. Um, When I... I wasn't actually... uh, opening cast for Tapestry of Nations um, at EBCOT back during the Millennium Celebration. I was the second cast to to uh, get filled into the, the parade. But many of my friends and stuff were on the opening cast, and Tapestry of Nations open at the same time as Illuminations. Um, and if you have not seen Illuminations, you'll definitely want to check that out at EBCOT when you're there on your summer vacation. And if you have not seen Tapestry of Nations Parade, um, (coughs) I will definitely get a blog up about that parade and my involvement with it and really how much fun that was. But here's the thing, when Disney does something like, for example, Rivers of Light that they're working on right now at Animal Kingdom, when they do something like this, their attention to detail, their perfectionist attitudes, the uh, emotions that they want you to experience, the storytelling, the, um, I mean, the technical aspects of it, the effects, the lighting, the, I mean, things that I are way over my head. Um, everything that goes into the <coughs> magical experience that they want you to have and everything that goes into the entertainment and the show has to be Top notch, and not only top notch, it has to be beyond anything that you could ever imagine and beyond anything that um, you probably understand, or you know, they want you to just get immersed in it literally. And if that show, Rivers of Light, is not uh, giving off that effect, if it's not immersing you in the story, if it's not, um, popping you know with the colors on the on the water screens that they're going to have if you know if, if one color is off or one light is off and if it's not all coming together perfectly they're going to continue to push it back and it's it's going to happen until everything everything comes together, and it's amazing. And and the best part about them pushing it back, I know a lot of people are kind of upset about it. They plan, you know, going there this summer, maybe they're heading out there for Memorial Day weekend, and you really expected to see the Rivers of Light show, and you're kind of bummed that it's not out yet, and it's not running yet, but here's the thing. When it does run, and they, they do um, actually put it out there for the public to see it, I, I can't even imagine how amazing it's going to be. Um, just because every time they push it back and push it back, it just tells me that they are improving it, and it's going to be awesome. So stay tuned for Rivers of Light. Um, you'll definitely want to catch that when they do launch it at Animal Kingdom. Right, and uh, another exciting thing that is coming to... Um, it's actually coming to Disney Hollywood Studios starting in June, June 17th is uh, the Star Wars A Galactic Spectacular Fireworks Show. Uh, So I'm basically just going to read you what we got here in our travel agent email. It says, Several new Star Wars experiences have debuted at Disney's Hollywood Studios at Walt Disney World Resort over the past year, from the opening of Star Wars Launch Bay in December to the most recent editions of the Star Wars Stage Show, Star Wars A Galaxy Far, Far, Far Away, and the daily march of Captain Phasma and her fleet of stormtroopers earlier this spring. Uh, Today, we're happy to share an update on the next exciting Star Wars experience that's set to delight fans at Disney's Hollywood Studios, the new Star Wars fireworks show, Star Wars A Galactic Spectacular. This new nighttime show, which will be the most elaborate fireworks display in this park's history, will begin nightly performances on June 17th. This elaborate show will combine fireworks, pyrotechnics, special effects, and video projections that will turn the park's Chinese theater and other buildings into the twin sons of Tatooine, a field of battle droids, a trench of the Death Star, Starkiller Base, and other Star Wars destinations. And the show, which will feature music from throughout the film franchise, will be punctuated with a tower of fire and spotlight beams, creating a massive lightsaber in the sky. This thing looks pretty amazing. Uh, Wherever you stand on Disney and its partnership or its takeover of Star Wars, uh, this will probably be one of those things that will keep you at Hollywood Studios. And since they're kind of transforming Hollywood Studios into... (laughs) into Star Wars land, um, basically, then, uh, this, this is one of those things that'll probably keep you at the park, um, for longer than, than you would have, and definitely keep you there for the evening, so you'll want to hang out, even if you're not into Star Wars, the, uh, the tech on, and, and if you've never seen the projections, I know they do it on the castle, um, Obviously Magic Kingdom fireworks, but this is going to be a whole new experience because it's going to uh, incorporate the buildings um, around, uh, around the Chinese theater, so it's definitely going to be cool, so you want to check that one out as well. All right, enough with the news. We got all kinds of news, but I think that'll about do it for today. On to our topic of the day, money-saving tips, bringing snacks into Disneyland or Walt Disney World. (coughs) All right, so when we travel to Disneyland, we bring snacks, lots and lots of snacks. In fact, we usually bring a cooler and grocery bags full of snacks. We drive, which makes it easier to bring these items. Uh, If you're flying, you can use services like Amazon or Garden Grocer it Grocer in uh, Orlando, and they will actually deliver um, basically bags full of food or water to to your hotel room. So here are some money saving tips for traveling with little ones in the Disney parks. (coughs) Excuse me. Stay close. When visiting Disneyland and California Adventure, staying right there at Disney's Grand Californian, Paradise Pier, or the Disneyland Hotel is incredibly convenient for breakfast, lunch, snacks, even dinner. A quick five-minute walk from nearly anywhere in either Disney Park, and you're right back in your room taking a break and grabbing food. So if you listen to the podcast or follow us in the blogs, you know that my family likes to stay at Disney's Grand Californian um, strictly for the convenience of it. And sure, you splurge a little bit on paying, on booking the room. And staying on property, obviously, is going (coughs) to cost you a little bit more than staying off property. But you can get back there for lunch. Uh, You can grab breakfast in your room. This is a great way to save money because you're not eating as much in the parks. And you can just head back, you know, open the little fridge you got there in the room or the the cooler and, and make yourself some lunch and take a break and save some money pack heavy. If you're driving, it's much easier to pack a cooler full of fruits and veggies and some grocery bags full of toddler snacks. Bringing snacks and food to your resort room could save you hundreds by not buying food in the parks. Literally, hundreds. If you're flying, consider packing food into a travel bag that can be checked as luggage. Get it delivered. If you're flying, bringing a bunch of food would be tough, but you can have these items delivered to your resort room and still save money over buying food in the parks. For example, Garden Grocer will deliver grocery items directly to your room, as will Amazon and We Go Shop. Even if you are, and you ha- even if you've bought into one of the uh, dining, Disney dining programs, it's still really nice to have some extra snacks back in the room. Say, first thing in the morning, you just want to, you know, have a banana or grab an apple on the way out the door. Or at the end of the night, I don't know about you, but my kids, they they, they have this thing where the boys, when they get tired, they get the munchies and they just want to eat. And my, uh, my wife and I, we call it um, their sleep eating <coughs> because... When they were even younger, one of the telltale signs that they were tired was that they kept asking for food. So, uh, when you're on your Disney vacation and you've got little ones, it's really nice to have snacks and food in the room. Um, especially if they're still awake when you get back to the room at the end of the night. Because if they're anything like my boys, they're going to want to eat uh, at all times of the day. So, Alright, we have make a grocery run. If you have time, plan a quick grocery run when you, get to the Walt, when you get to Walt Disney World or Disneyland. The easiest grocery store to get to when staying at Walt Disney World is Goodings. It's located just outside of Disney Springs, easy to find, and easy to shop. The easiest grocery store to get to when staying at Disneyland is called Vons, and it's located just down the street on Lincoln. However, there are multiple marketplaces and gas stations for small, for small snacks, And there's a food for less for larger items right down the street from Disneyland. So is food allowed in the Disney parks? This is a question I get pretty regularly, especially from Disney parents taking their little ones for the first time. While Disney guidelines specifically states that no food is allowed into the parks, with the exception of dietary restrictions, nearly anything that you bring in for your baby or toddler will make it past the main gates. I've even seen Disney guests bring in oatmeal packets, chips, even entire sandwiches. We've never been questioned about what we bring into the parks for snacks for the kids. Now, I've never brought in an entire sandwich or I've never even brought in oatmeal packets, but I've seen it and I've heard that it can be done. And that Disney will allow you to bring in those things. Now, for our little ones, we bring in, you know, smaller snacks. We put them in the diaper bag and we've never had a problem in the past. But I I do want to stress that it is one of those things that if you were to research Disney guidelines um, specifically with regards to food, if you actually go into their website where they have all their uh, rules and restrictions and, and and park guidelines, it does say that no food is allowed to be brought into the park. So just keep that in mind because um, you're not, I mean, you're not breaking the rules because technically you could say that it's you know your child's dietary restrictions and you know you need to have these stacks, specific snacks for them, but. Just be aware that it's not technically allowed. So if you do run into a cast member that doesn't allow you to bring in those snacks, you know, don't make a fuss about it. Just toss them out. It's not a big deal. Uh, Grab some stuff in the park. And, and, uh, you know, if you're on the dining plans and you can uh, use up some snack points or whatever, just do that. Uh, So just, just something I want you to be aware of. What should we bring? Going with a baby baby or toddler means that you'll need to have snacks on hand at all times. Especially if you have boys. <laughs> I don't know about your kids, but our two boys are bottomless pits. They always have been and seriously they're becoming it's it's getting worse. <laughs> so I I'm told that they'll be soon eating us out of a house and home um, and it's it's almost happening already, so here are some ideas for snacks to bring into the parks when we uh, now this list is from what we brought for our boys um so this is what worked for us it won't work for everybody but again this is just from our My personal experience um, with bringing babies and little ones into the park. So um, grab a pencil. Here we go. We've got Puffs and Cheerios. Of course, when you have little ones who are just learning to eat and getting down those fine motor skills, Puffs are a great distraction in the parks. Our boys always loved Puffs and Cheerios. So make sure you have those packed away. Gogurts and go-go's <laughs> anything that is small convenient and healthy is good in my book our boys have never been huge fans of those go-go fruit packs but they do love their yogurt we freeze the go-gurts and they make for a perfect although a messy snack uh, on a warm day so we live in Arizona and this is something we do at home all the time we have always gotten go-gurts and we've actually always f- froze them in the in the freezer and the kids love them they think that they're getting um you know dessert when sure sure it's it's you know kid yogurt it's got sugar in it but i mean it's really not that bad so um go-gurts and go-go's for the parks grapes and apples grapes are the perfect snack for toddlers in the parks as are apples that have been sliced and diced and i tell you what frozen grapes are even better especially if you're going in the summertime. CUTIES! Our boys cannot get enough of cuties. They are absolutely obsessed with these little oranges, which is great because they are perfect travel size. So if you don't know what cuties are, um there's those, you know, mini oranges and they really are really good. So those they and they are perfect travel size, so <clears throat> those are great to bring. Uh granola bars. Whether you make your own or grab a box at the grocery store, granola bars are a big hit in this house with the toddlers. Our boys do love granola bars. Um, They like the ones that we make ourselves, and they like the ones that we buy from the store. Um, and, And they're great travel size, and they're great to bring into the park. So, granola bars. Disney dried fruit. For our boys, first Disney vacation, when they were 12 months old, a big hit was Disney's dried fruit and apple crisps. They do sell these in the park, but it's much more cost-effective to bring your own. Um, And I believe they got a lot of these at their birthday, uh, their first birthdays, because everybody knew we were coming to the parks uh, to celebrate their one-year birthdays. So um, things like the Disney dried fruit and the apple crisps, We did end up buying some in the parks because the boys love them and we run out of them fast because they're bottomless pits. (laughs) But but if you can get a bunch before you go, that'll save you a fortune. And and they do really make for great snacks while you're in the parks. And they're Disney themed, which (coughs) always helps. (coughs) And for some reason, they always eat more of whatever it is, if it's Disney themed, right? I don't know. Uh, Wheat thins and more. So another big hit in this house is wheat thins. This probably isn't a great snack for a 12-month-old, but for toddlers, it makes for a great distraction in the park. So, Wheat Thins, um, Cheez-Its are a big one, Goldfish, anything little like that, of course, toss them in a baggie, bring them into the parks. Peanut Butter and Jelly. Of course, there's always the old staple, Peanut Butter and Jelly. By the way... Do you remember that Disney cartoon... Oh, the Disney cartoon PV and J. I'm reading my blog, and I'm like, what did I just write? PB- <laughs> PB&J, did you ever watch that cartoon? We used to watch it. We used to watch it back at Epcot Entertainment every Saturday morning while we were doing character breakfast sets. That's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, we used to do... Um, which one? I believe... Uh, Old Key West, maybe? I don't know. I can't really remember, but one of the breakfast character sets don't tell don't I hope there's no kids listening but back in the day um uh, that specific one I did Eeyore we it was all the Winnie the Pooh characters and we had a break room I loved I'm digressing but I'm gonna tell you this story I used to my fate one of my favorites I, I really loved doing parades and um the Toy Story gig was that was that was my all-time favorite one to do um and, okay, I'll tell you about the Toy Story one. So, uh, back at Epcot, when I was at Epcot Entertainment, uh, one of one of my favorite sets to do, and we call them sets, um, when you're in character, you go out for, depending on what time of year it is, go out for 15 to 30 minutes, do your set, come back to the break room, take a break. And we had a Toy Story one. And I couldn't even tell you exactly where the Toy Story set was, but it was... Specifically for Disney Visa or Disney Chase uh, card members. And this was the special meet and greet that they got with the characters. And it was right around the time that Toy Story 2 came out, I think. And so we had usually two to three Green Army men. We had Buzz, Woody, Jesse, and Bullseye. All of these characters at this very special meet and greet. And it wasn't just a meet and greet, it was awesome. It was all, everybody would go into this room. And the room would be Toy Story themed. And it uh, had toys in it and stuff for the little ones. And it had tables and, and chairs. And the kids would sit down and they'd color. It had different coloring stuff. And the kids would sit there and it also had cookies. And these cook they were sugar cookies. And they had um, uh, frosting. So the, so the kids that were there interacting with the characters got to make literally make cookies with the character. I mean, how cool is this? They got to sit down, um, color with the characters, and make uh, cookies, uh, sugar cookies with frosting (laughs) with the characters. That was one of my favorite sets. I was always a Green Army man, and we would, oh, so much fun. We'd march the kids around the room. We'd make them do push-ups, and we'd make them, you know, do sprints and all kinds of fun stuff, and then we'd sit down and... Because I was uh, doing Green Army Men for that specific set, I had, you know, just a, a little green glove we had over our hands, so we still had like use of all <laughs> five fingers, so we could sit down and we could make uh, cookies with the kids, and that was just that was that was awesome. And then after <laughs> after every set, we would. After all the guests had left that room, we would all go out there you know out of out of costume, and we would make our own cookies and we'd take all the leftovers, all the sugar cookies with frosting and we would and we would eat them all <laughs> after set um, and that that set was just once it was i think it was once a week uh, and then right after that we'd go do tapestry of nations parade um, and that that was awesome but But uh, where? Oh my goodness! I'm so off topic. PB and (laughs) J. Okay, so PB and J was a cartoon we used to watch um, when we were doing breakfast character breakfast. I believe at Old Key West, but I could be totally wrong. Um, It was many years ago, but I do remember as Winnie the Pooh characters, and I was you know I would I would do Eeyore for that set. And um, we would have our break room in, in you know, behind the, the restaurant, you know, and just outside of the kitchen area, we'd have kind of a, basically a large closet was our break room. But there's a TV there, and we would watch Bear in the Big Blue House, PB&J Otter, and Rolly, uh, what was it, Rolly Polio or something, Roly? I don't know, I, I can't remember, something like that. Anyways, uh, so we would... We'd watch those cartoons in between set, and then, after our breakfast our character breakfast was over, um, the kitchen and the chefs would always make the characters our own breakfast, so we would as like Thanksgiving, we would sit at a table in the break room in the back, all all of us, all the characters you know outside of costume, and we would sit there and watch our cartoons <laughs> and we'd eat breakfast together and it was awesome um, so okay so i 'm way off topic, so that was. PB&J, so let's get back to topic of snacks to bring into the park and let's try not to get off topic again <laughs> all right so we are at bringing peanut butter and jelly into the parks okay so you pre-cut them they're pre-made they're pre-cut they're PB&J sandwiches um bring them into the parks just toss them in the diaper bag we actually do this a lot um you know if we're just going to the zoo here the phoenix zoo and stuff here in town um, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches just a really great great way, a great snack, and a little more than a snack. I mean, if you need lunch on the go um, that 's definitely definitely what you want to bring and then our last item is frozen bananas during the summer. Anything frozen and healthy is always a plus. How to pack the food. We have a pretty large double stroller with a nice sized basket underneath. So when traveling to the Disney parks, we pack the bottom nice and tight. This would include a diaper bag with dry snacks and a lunch bag with snacks that needed to stay cool. It's obvious (laughs) that these are baby and toddler snacks. Maybe you have some milk or formula packed with the snacks as well. You should have absolutely no problem taking food into the parks. All right, that about does it for today's podcast episode four. our money-saving tips on bringing snacks into the park. Again, my name is Candace Lynn Wright, and I am the uh, owner and blogger and podcaster and travel agent bas- behind my first magicalvacation.com. You can reach me for any of your travel needs at uh, candice at pixiemousetravel.com, and remember, My goal, really, is to make your child's first Disney vacation stress-free and amazing, so if you need any more tips, advice, if you want to email me and pick my brain a little bit, if you need quotes for a summer vacation to enjoy all the exciting new stuff happening at Walt Disney World, email me, Candice, at PixieMouseTravel.com Check us out on our website, MyFirstMagicalVacation.com And you can always visit our Facebook page. Just go to Facebook and type into the search box First Disney Vacations That'll do it for today I can't wait to talk to you guys again Thank you